Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and you're listening to the Powercat Pregame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Following a significant road victory at six-ranked Oklahoma last Saturday night, Kansas State returns home to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders Saturday in a matchup of teams that picked up wins over ranked opponents last weekend. The game will kick off at 11 a.m. and be shown on Big 12 Now, which is part of ESPN+. Plus. So this game is streaming. Texas Tech heads to Manhattan following an overtime victory over the 22nd-ranked Texas Longhorns 37-34 last weekend in Lubbock. It was the second home overtime win for the Red Raiders this season. They went into extra time and beat Houston. That was ranked number 25 at the time, 33-30 in double overtime a couple weeks ago. They went to NC State which is now a top 10 team. They were ranked 16 at the time and lost 27-14 and then came home and beat Texas. They rotted Murray State to start the season. Welcome to the PowerCat pregame podcast. I am Go PowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald. And over the next hour or so, we will take you through a complete tour of where Kansas State football sits following that incredible, awesome, wonderful, I don't want to say historic because they've done it before, 41-34 victory over Oklahoma last Saturday night at Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. But I will say this, there's a chance, a possibility that that was the last trip K-State will make to OU's home field. So winning was awfully sweet if that is true. Kansas State and Texas Tech are both teams that are looking to climb up through those Big 12 standings. Tech was picked towards the bottom of the conference, but the Red Raiders under Joey McGuire are proving that they're a much better football team than maybe many of us expected. Coach McGuire has installed a hurry up, go fast, relentless offense and paired it with a defense that is good enough to help the Raiders win football games. K-State, meanwhile, as you well know, blew up itself playing Tulane earlier this season, losing 17 to 10 two weeks ago inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium and then went to Oklahoma and won And the Wildcats in the process completely redefined themselves as a team and their season as a whole. This is a huge game for both teams. And over the course of this show, we will bring in all of our experts, starting really quickly here with Ryan Wallace, 
our football recruiting editor at Go Powercat, but he also helps out with team coverage. He's got some really intriguing thoughts about where the Red Raiders sit heading into this game. After the break, we'll talk to Kobe Savage, the K-State safety transfer from Tyler, Texas Community College, who has had an immediate impact on the field and also off the field as a leader already for this defense. And then our own Brian Hanley will join us, our football analyst, the former offensive lineman from the 97 and 98 K-State teams, gives us his thoughts on this game. We did a special bonus edition of the Powercat postgame podcast with Brian after we had some technical difficulties with the first one. So if you haven't listened to the double postgame podcast, make sure you roll back and listen because they're awfully fun. And then we will wrap it up with a little bit of Chris Kleiman and a lot of bit of our gambling expert. He may not feel that way after the way his season has started. Same here, buddy. Ryan Gilbert joins us to talk about the betting lines around the Big 12 and to break down this game between the Cats and Red Raiders. But as I mentioned, we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company, the dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. And now we bring in our own Ryan Wallace to talk about this matchup between Kansas State and Texas Tech kicking off at 11 a.m. at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Wally, as surprising as Kansas State winning at Oklahoma was, I was maybe equally surprised that Tech came back and and beat Texas. I wasn't surprised they won, but they spent most of that game on the ropes and never gave up and won it in overtime, even after blowing uh, a lead with less than a minute to go. Uh, Persistence was the biggest thing I took out of that win for the Red Raiders. Yeah, and I mean, when I went back and watched the film of it, um, you know, it was an interesting way to win because it seemed like Texas Tech didn't do uh, a lot of things right throughout the course of the game, but they managed to pull off kind of miracle type conversions and Texas really, um, I think, kind of got into their own heads a little bit. Um, So if you're looking at the score, I mean, obviously Texas got out way ahead, as you mentioned, and then give credit to Texas Tech. They won the game. They battled back, but it was it was an interesting way to win, and, and it's been that way all year for Texas Tech. It's funny, Fitz. I felt like going into Missouri that when we recorded this, we both had a pretty good pulse of the Tigers, and that, that showed itself on Saturday. We thought thought we had a pretty good pulse of Tulane, and I think we nailed that assessment, even though the the Cats kind of missed the execution mark in that game. And I felt for the most part that we had a pretty good pulse of who Oklahoma was, what they wanted to do, and obviously K-State came out, um, proved me very wrong in the way that they performed. I have no pulse on Texas Tech. Uh, You know, they've beaten three top 25 teams in a row. They've come back from crazy deficits. Some things go right. Some things go wrong. One week, something's hitting and the next week it's not. I, this is a really weird team to figure out. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. I'm watching that game and uh, I'm thinking, why is Texas Tech in this game? Because, I'm not particularly blown away by anything they're doing. I was amazed at how Texas 
fell for virtually every ball fake that the Texas Tech offense could offer. And that's just going to be a, a theme of this game. If K-State's defense wants to stop Tech, don't fall for the ball fakes because Donovan Smith does it all day long. The Tech quarterback will put it in, pull it out, and then throw it downfield or run with it. Or he, It's just amazing to watch him work, but that's not anything anyone else doesn't do. And Texas acted like it was something strange and foreign they'd never seen before. Yeah, again, I, I thought the correlation to how Texas performed against Texas Tech and the way that Kansas or that Oklahoma performed against Kansas State were kind of eerily similar. Um, they're two teams that I feel like when the going gets tough, they just seem to buckle. And I don't know if it's just the, the fact that they're not put in those positions very often or that they in their own locker room think of themselves as, you know, maybe maybe above where they're at. And obviously that goes for the fans as well in, in both cases. But um, I just think it, it's funny the the way that the fan bases for Texas Tech and K-State have kind of come together this week and kind of like, we don't really hate you. In fact, we respect you, but you know, one of us has to win. Um, it's interesting because these two teams are kind of cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. I mean, Joey McGuire is to Texas tech. I mean, they couldn't have hired a more perfect guy for that situation, that campus, that program, just as uh, obviously K state has nailed it with Chris Kleiman. Well, let's talk about Donovan Smith. <clears throat> Their quarterback has been thrown into full-time duty. You watch him play, and you're not blown away, and yet he completes two-thirds of his passes, has nine touchdowns, the five interceptions kind of jumps out at you, and he's averaging 279 yards passing per game. I I feel a tinge of jealousy there, that knowing that that quarterback can do that, but he kind of steers the ball, and he steered it really well against Texas, throwing it into some tight windows, making good decisions. But I also feel like there's a lot of mistakes to be had by this quarterback that can also get you with the run. He's just a multi-threat guy, but none of those threats scare the daylights out of me. Am I wrong? No, no. I mean, that's that's the assessment that I have of Donovan Smith watching him. And, you know, he's a dangerous guy, like you said. I mean, we saw even in a few glimpses in the game last year against K-State where you're going, man, this guy can can really do some things, but then – uh, he can also do some things that, you know, make you shake your head where, you know, heading into the Texas game, I think that there were a number of Red Raider fans in the fan base that were wondering, you know, maybe we'd be better off going with the highly touted youngster Baron Morton, um, who was a four star guy uh, that committed to to Texas Tech. And instead, they kind of stuck with Donovan Smith. And you're right, Fitz, he made he kind of makes the most out of nothing. He plays really well. Um, when things are kind of going against him, um, especially kind of in third, third down conversions, fourth down conversions, um, you know, he, he buys himself enough time to make the play, but then he's also so prone to making bad decisions when the play is like right there for him. And in a way it's weird. See, I, I feel like K-State might be catching Texas tech at a good time because Donovan Smith is under center. Obviously, you know, you, you, a lot of fans think about, you know, the fact that Texas Tech is coming off a big win, you know, that they might slip um, kind of in the celebration of beating uh, the Texas Longhorns. But and, and that's definitely probably the case could be true. But I, I think this offense operates very differently under Donovan Smith than it does Tyler Shuck, who was there starter all preseason um, heads into the first game gets injured 
Uh, I think Zach Kitley, the new offensive coordinator, I don't want to say has had to dumb it down, but I don't think he's really been able to unleash the air raid that he wants to because Donovan Smith is so turnover prone with the five interceptions. They're only averaging 5.2 yards a play fits K state's offense right now is averaging 5.6. So the, the thing that I see from this Texas tech offense is obviously Donovan Smith has to be clicking. You know, he has to be making the right choices and you can't really allow him the freedom. Like we saw Oklahoma with K state to allow him to be mobile. You can't let him be the runner and the thrower. You've got to lock him down and force him to be a decision maker in the pocket with his arm. And I think that's what K state's um, I I think that's what K state's defense is going to want to do because you know, they're going to give him a lot of plays. You know, they run 140, 94 pass attempts, which is tied for third in the FBS. And I think there's top six nationally in uh, just play calls in general. So they, they run a lot of plays. Um, but I think that also offers up a lot of, of opportunities for the K-State defense to, to strike against a guy like Donovan Smith that, again, has to really click throughout the game and have confidence or else you can see him become a little fragile and make some mistakes. You walked me right into my next question. Playing Oklahoma seems to me to be really good preparation for Texas Tech based on tempo. Oklahoma comes at you kind of like a machine gun play after play after play. Tech does the same thing, but bluntly with less offensive threats. I feel like having a week of preparation of going that fast against OU has got to help this K-State defense. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised to hear Chris Kleiman downplay that to some extent in his press conference this week um, because I, I think it, again, I, I mentioned earlier, I think Kansas State's catching Texas Tech at the right time. That's another aspect of that where I think seeing Oklahoma ahead of Texas Tech even though their offensive scheme is different, this is definitely more old school air raid, Mike Leach, Cliff Kingsbury, just the tempo of it, being able to get guys on and off the field, the rotation. So long as K-State's defense has had a week to really catch their breath, um, which obviously they have, uh, I, I think getting kind of that used to the strengthening their stamina a little and, and understanding, okay, this is how it's going to be this week is huge. And Ky- Chris Kleiman has fared well against these type of offenses last year, you know, there was all the talk about Nevada beat Nevada. Obviously he's beaten Lincoln Riley, the Mississippi state win against Joe Moorhead um, down in Mississippi uh, in what was that? 2019. Um, you know, he, he's proven that the, these offenses are things that uh, his defenses can handle. And I think this defense in particular with the strength of the secondary and the way they've been playing, I think, really fits well. It's, it's an offense fits that uh, uh, they've got some, some parts that scare you. The big receivers, fungi six, four Bradley, six, five Cleveland and Sparkman are both six, four. Uh, they've got some, some athletes. Miles price is a versatile guy that they'll kind of use in a Philip Brooks type role that they can move him around and, and run him. You throw him in the slot and catch him in some matchups. But again, I, I think that this is an offense that is tailor made for what K state likes to do. It's an offense that K-State has seen probably more often than what Oklahoma has did, you know, out of that more Art Bryles formation. And I think that, you know, we might see the K-State defensive line be able to create a little bit more than they did against Oklahoma because this offensive line is terribly shaky. Houston had five sacks, NC State had four. They return only only two starters from last year. So I think, again, this is a tailor-made matchup for the K-State defense to – 
I say bounce back. They didn't play poorly against Oklahoma fits, but it was a good kind of uh, a lesson for the season ahead for what they're going to see in the big 12. Yeah. That defense did just enough to get K state through that game. And yeah, you know, honestly they were hanging on for dear life at times and they got burned in the first half, but they made Oklahoma work for everything in the second half. And that really got them over the hump. And I feel like, Tech's going to have to work awfully hard for what they want. And you're right. Donovan Smith just isn't going to have time to sit in that pocket. And and even when he tries to flush, maybe K-State will use Daniel Green like they did against Missouri to shadow that quarterback and try to Mm -hmm. keep him boxed in a little bit. But uh, I'll say this. uh, Tech wanted that win, kind of like K-State. I saw some similarities in whenever there was a down marker, they found a way to get to it which was something missing with K-State against Tulane, obviously. And they they would push through tackles and get pick up another two, three, sometimes four yards. It was impressive. But I don't see them coming to Manhattan with that same kind of emotion that Texas stirred up, nor do I see Kansas State having the same kind of emotion they put on display in, you know, the entire game against Oklahoma. And, and that's a real interesting point. I don't know what to think of the emotional side of this game, the the mental side of this game. I would hope Kansas State learned its lesson against Tulane, but it's just a wild unknown. Yeah, and you know, again, I just I just feel like Texas Tech is due for uh, maybe kind of a coming back down to earth this weekend, um, and and in part maybe that's because of what Kansas State puts on the field against them. Uh, you know, I think Kansas State, even though we harp on uh, and critique them very hard. They're a tough matchup. Um, even with an offense that, that has struggled at times, I think X and O wise, they can be kind of a headache for, for defenses. But I think with Texas tech, again, you're coming off the Texas win, but even before that, uh, this is one of the highest graded strength of schedules of any team in the country. They've been tested, which can be a great thing. You know, the fact that they're three and one against the type of teams that they face says a lot about what Joey McGuire has done very quickly in Lubbock, but also, you know, you defeat three top 25 teams and you've been clawing in all three of them. Um, or sorry, you play, you played uh, Texas, Houston, and then NC state. They, they lost against NC state. So they haven't beaten all three, but they played uh, three top 25 teams. Um, at some point, I just wonder again, Fitz, how long you're, you can mentally kind of live in that danger zone from a conditioning standpoint, from a mental standpoint. Uh, now they get to face, you know, another top 25 team at K state. I, I just wonder if they're maybe due for a, a dose of reality. Not to say K-State's going to run all over Texas Tech, but uh, I, again, I think they're getting the Red Raiders at, at the right time. I would agree, and and I imagine K-State's glad to be home after that road trip, but um, offensively, K-State needs to find the same kind of rhythm they did at Oklahoma. And I guess my question is this. Did K-State establish that zone read RPO game that is going to be essential for the Deuce Vaughn, Adrian Martinez backfield because they, I don't feel like they ever fully implemented it in the first three games, but it was a thing of beauty at Oklahoma. Is that going to be the core of this offense the rest of the year? I sure hope so. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, uh, there wasn't anything that, that K-State's offense did in Norman vertically that, you know, you went to sleep at night thinking that all of a sudden this was a new team. 
Um, basically what made their offense look so good in Norman was the fact that they had an, a, a ground game that kept the Oklahoma state defense guessing so that they could do some things in the passing game. And again, it wasn't electrifying, but it was just guys that were wide open because Oklahoma had to account for the running game. Uh, we saw Adrian Martinez, uh, whether it was in the read game, whether it was just straight, you know, QB takes, he was running with a purpose. And again, it, it kept that Oklahoma defense from ever being able to establish, okay, we're just going to, you know, blitz the heck out of here. Oh, okay. We're going to drop eight or nine guys back. They couldn't do it because it was a constant guessing game. Um, I will say this. I, I'm more intrigued by what Texas tech has shown on defense than I am on offense. I think Tim DeRuiter is uh, an underrated play caller. I think he's a perfect as a coordinator regardless of what his head coaching uh, resume has kind of said, I think he fits in with a coordinator role really well. He's got a lot of really talented athletes on this defense. You know, they play uh, a number of starters that are power five transfers. Six of their 11 starters are power five transfers, mm -hmm. virtually their entire secondary. Um, and so they've got a lot of guys that kind of have the intangibles and the, the athletic makeup um, that, translate to, to the big 12 and with Tim DeRuiter, he's going to disguise what he does really well. They're going to come out in a three, four, do some three, three, five, but they're going to put a lot of guys at the line of scrimmage. And so you're never really going to know where pressure is going to come from. Um, but I think at the same time, they're susceptible to the big play as we've seen. And sometimes they kind of get over their skis um, and can get undisciplined with how much havoc they want to bring. And so I think with an, an experienced and a seasoned quarterback like Adrian Martinez and the way that they showed that, that kind of option and, and read game, I think they could again, keep a, a defense for the second straight week, unable to really get into their flow of, of blitzing and, and pressure because they're going to have to stay on their toes so much. Uh, I think if K-State can just do the exact same game plan that they showed Oklahoma against Texas tech, I think again, it, it's not going to open up the offense to the sports center type passing plays, but they're going to do just enough to move the chains. And that's really all Colin Klein wants. Okay. Let's cut to the chase. We saw Kansas state bounce back from a, disappointing performance and lost to Tulane with an enormous win. It really hits the reset on the team, on the season, on this record. Can Kansas State protect its home field this time and get to four and one as it prepares to go to Iowa State? You know, K-State, I uh, saw from our old friend D. Scott Fritchen posted this, K-State's 10 and one in their last 11, six straight over the Red Raiders. But, you know, four of those last six were one score games. I do think this one will be maybe more competitive uh, than, you know, the average onlooker might think. Uh, I, I think Texas tech is a better team um, than, than people might think. But I, I, at the end of the day, I think, you know, Texas tech's going to need to pull out a lot of a lot from their bag of tricks. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're, they're, shown that they want to go for it on fourth down a lot. And they showed against Texas that they can convert, you know, they're going to try and do the same kind of thing against K state. But again, I think at some point kind of the, that luck with analytics might run out. And, and I think K state's built to do that. I think on offense, K state has shown that 
they can play disciplined football, at least in Norman. I think they'll come back and, and play disciplined football against uh, a defense that, again, likes to wreak havoc, but susceptible to the big play. Uh, I, I like K-State in this one, Fitz. I, I do think that they're going to win, and I do think they're going to cover in this one. Well, they are pesky. They are persistent, but they are far from perfect. Texas Tech is going to offer up some issues, but I think at the end of the day, Kansas State overcomes the Red Raiders and and covers the spread if you're into that kind of thing. Eight points at sitting out as we record. Ryan Wallace, thank you so very much. Looking forward to it, Fitz. And right after the break, we bring in the hairdo that makes me jealous. Kobe Savage is our Player of the Week interview as we continue this edition of the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudike Uzama. We'll be right back with more of the Powercat pregame podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Kobe, what's it mean to get a Big 12 honor in your first Big 12 game? Uh, it means the world. I mean, this is what I came here to do, to play football at a high level. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm still a team player. So it's a great uh, great thing to have that honor, but it's a new week. So, I mean, it means a lot to me, but I'm focused on Texas Tech. And how cool was that environment and to get an opportunity to play in a place like that? It was amazing. It, it was really different, especially when they uh, turned off the lights and had the phone flashing. It was really amazing. And just knowing that it's like maybe 80 of us going into a crowd of 80,000 all against us. So it really put a chip on our shoulder, and it felt amazing playing against it. How important is it for this team to regroup and just focus on the task at hand? Uh, it's very important. We're we're off OU now. We're back on the Texas Tech. So it's we're a full head of steam, a new team. This is a one and O season. So that's what we're thinking. We're taking each game as a season, as Coach Kleiman would say. And so we're really excited to play them. Reveal anything big that you guys were looking for? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of FIB formation of the boundary, uh, a couple motions, quick zones here and there. They got a pretty tall tight end. I think he's like six nine from what the scouting report said, and a pretty tall quarterback like six five. But yeah, uh, they're pretty much of a quarterback run team. They'll do a little run and shoot here and there. But yeah, that's so far what I'm seeing from them. How where have you got to be for their RPO game? Uh, I'm really just going to pause a little bit, be a little slow to the run fit, but still trigger if I see run to me. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to pause at like 10 yards a dip. Welcome back to the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. That was Kansas State Junior Safety. Kobe Savage, the Big 12 newcomer of the week after his performance at Oklahoma. And man, I tell you what, if you get a chance to talk to Kobe Savage, you're going to love the kid. He just puts off incredible 
positive energy. Remember, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. We just talked to him about uh, 48 hours ago, but we're going to bring in Brian Hanley again. Our podcasting whiz, our football analyst at Go Powercat, Brian. I, I still haven't come down fully from the Oklahoma win, and I hope the team has. How can a win like that kind of spill over into the next week if you're not careful? Well, I mean, it's going to take leaders and coaching because it absolutely will spill over because they're going to hear so much from so many people about how well they played, how great everything is. But if they can, uh, I mean, if I'm coaches, I don't even, I mean, obviously you're going to watch the film and analyze it, but then you're going to turn on the Tulane film and you're going to say just a week prior, this is what we looked like guys. So before we get ahead of ourselves, (laughs) this is what we looked like two weeks ago. And I think that's a great teaching tool can be anyway. We all talked about Adrian Martinez and how much better he was against Oklahoma than Tulane or in any of the three first games he played as a Wildcat. But really, the whole team was better. The line blocked its butts off, and the line got owned by Tulane, which is still kind of baffling to me. How? Give me your updated evaluation of what the offensive line and the blocking as a whole for the K-State offense did against Oklahoma. I mean, it was like we've mentioned several different times. It was a complete 180 degrees from where they were versus Tulane. Guys were just more physical. They were more engaged, which, you know, a lot of times people think that all blocking is moving guys off the line of scrimmage. Well, sometimes it's difficult to do that, but you have to still be engaged because running backs making cuts, you have to stay engaged until the whistle blows. And guys were doing that versus Oklahoma where against Tulane, I think guys thought, you know what, once I hit them, they're going to go where I want them to go, and that's going to be it, and and they didn't do that. Or if guys slanted in front of them, okay, if I just push them this way, that'll be the end of it, and that wasn't the case. Guys were, were more focused. They Again, they played more physical with more of an attitude because blocking, believe it or not, is an attitude. And it, it was just a totally different mindset against OU versus Tulane. Now, whether they took them for granted or not, I don't know. Only they are going to be able to answer that question. But from what you could see, what was going on, the guys just have a had a different mindset of, you know what, we're gonna you're gonna get our best shot. And OU's defense didn't stand a chance, personally. Texas Tech is three and one coming into this game. They routed Murray State to open the season. Then they beat Houston by three in double overtime in Lubbock. They went to NC State, lost 27-14, and then they came home and beat Texas in overtime by three, 37-34. This team is walking a very fine line between good and not so good. They're falling on the good side right now, but in averaging 30 points surrendered against FBS competition, the defense just kind of gets enough done to get by. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because that's exactly what K-State did last week at Oklahoma. But I feel like this is a defense that's going to struggle with Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, and the other weapons if the Wildcats execute anywhere close to what they did at Oklahoma. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a game where the offense can put its best foot forward. Not that we don't every week. We don't try to every week. But I just believe that this is a game where – our offense is going to be better than their defense, and we need to put our foot down on it because we can put up a lot of points this week. We really, really can. 
Yeah, it's uh, probably going to be a high-scoring game. At least that's the way I would think. At least I think so on the K-State side. As we flip it over, though, Texas Tech and quarterback Donovan Smith have been making trouble for opponents. They're really good at the zone read and the run pass option. That's the core of their offense. And I watched that Texas defense fall for the ball fake like a dog falls for the ball fake from its master. It was unbelievable how Texas was out of position all the time because of simple ball fakes, but it worked. Will K-State be able to handle that a lot better than what we've seen other teams do against the Red Raiders? Well, it's going to take discipline. You know, it's going to take discipline and linebacker play, you know, and safety play is going to be huge when it comes to, you know, all this RPO stuff, because you got to make sure guys have the football. One of the things that's also key is defensive line penetration, because if the defensive line can get penetration on RPOs, that makes a quarterback make a decision that number one, quicker than what he wants to make. Number two, a different decision than what he wants to make. So if we can get penetration from the defensive line, you know, get in their backfield, just live in their backfield, that takes away a lot of that stuff because, again, a quarterback's looking and he's reading certain things. Well, if somebody's coming from a different direction, that makes him make a different decision. That makes life easier on our safeties, especially, and definitely the linebackers. So I think it's going to be a game where we got to have some discipline, but we're going to need our defensive line to, to really play a big part in what we're trying to do to stop them. Yeah, this has been a turnover-prone offense, and Donovan Smith has thrown some picks for Texas Tech. He, you know, he wasn't supposed to be in this position. He is the backup quarterback that was thrown into duty um, after an injury. And honestly, I think Kansas State's biggest concern here isn't about getting to the quarterback. They will because this offensive line isn't that great compared to Kansas State's ability to rush the passer. The problem will be The big plays might come from flushing Donovan Smith and not containing him, which we saw last week with Dylan Gabriel. That quarterback run threat is always something that looms in the college game that makes it so difficult for defenses to get teams off the field. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the big thing is getting him on the ground because he can move around and will move around, I believe. So we got to be able to get him on the ground. We didn't do a great job of that last week, you know, um, against Oklahoma. It, it was something that we struggled with a little bit. We can't let that happen again this week. Cause again, if we can get him on the ground and just make them throw the football versus having a ton of RPO game and put them in third, you know, third and long situations or just passing situations in general. I believe that's where our defense can take advantage and get some turnovers. Yeah, I would agree. They're they're going to have to pressure him and contain him. I spoke to Ryan Wallace earlier, and I think maybe using Daniel Green to spy on Donovan Smith might be something they turn to eventually. They showed it against Missouri and it worked really well. Brian, this is a huge game. I think K-State wins this game, and I imagine you feel the same way. But I'm more concerned with how K-State comes out and plays. We can't have a team that's on an emotional performance roller coaster week in and week out. It has to be about preparation. They were prepared for Tulane. So they say, and they stunk it up with just a flat performance. They were prepared for Oklahoma. They come out and put on a really passionate, inspired performance. They got to find the sweet spot in between that you can maintain week in and week out. What's it take to do that? 
Well, the one thing that it's going to take, obviously, leaders on the team are going to have to step up because, like I mentioned earlier, you just put on the Tulane film to show, hey, you know, guys, we put this on film. This is how we played two weeks ago. This is a better football team than Tulane, I believe. Texas Tech is a better football team, so we need to come prepared. One of the things that we can also turn to and look at that maybe it's not something that we are going to do is Texas Tech literally just came off of their Super Bowl and they won yeah. the game. I mean, that is their Super Bowl. We have to to keep that in mind. Now, granted, OU is a gigantic game for Kansas State as well, but it wasn't our Super Bowl. I mean, we don't look at OU as our Super Bowl. Texas Tech looks at beating Texas as literally their Super Bowl. If they didn't win another game all year, they may not be happy, but they could say that they beat Texas. So they're going to be coming down off of this emotional roller coaster as well. So the one thing that we can do is put our foot on their neck at the beginning of the football game and keep it there. Because if we come out and smack them right in the mouth early, I believe that they will say, you know what? No moss. I don't know if they'll necessarily give up because that's not the type of team that they are. But if we put our foot down on them early, then I think it's where a thing that we could just say, you know what? We're better than they are. And we can just literally just maul them over. Yeah, you're right. And Texas Tech, they're persistent. They just kept coming back at Texas. They were chasing Texas most of the day last week in Lubbock and found a way to get them at the end, get ahead. Then they gave up a field goal in kind of miraculous circumstances for Texas, and but then still closed it out with an overtime win. They just don't go away. So no. you're right. Trying to get them locked away and too far in the hole is going to be a real challenge. But I think K-State is capable of doing that but I, I gotta say this part of the reason why they don't give up is Joey McGuire as a coach doesn't give up and he doesn't coach scared at all they go for it on fourth down probably more often than they punt I haven't looked at that exact stat but it feels like they go for it all the time and in fact in the opening minutes of the second half down 10 points coming out at halftime I believe that's what it was they were down two scores they went for it on fourth down in their own territory Brian and didn't get it and yet stopped Texas and ended up winning the game they walk a fine line but I think the fearless coaching of Joey McGuire and the gambling nature and the self-belief in his team really makes this team believe in itself. Am I reading too much into that? I don't think you're reading too much into it at all. I mean, it's the old adage, you know, analytics has taken over things these days when it comes to sports. And the analytics will tell you that a lot of times you should go for it on fourth down versus punting. I call it analytical nerd football because – you know what? That's fine to be a gambler in certain situations. It's another thing to shoot your foot off, you know? So, but if it works and, and he clearly has the pulse of his team, it's working where it didn't, doesn't work is, you know, last year, and I've made fun of this on several occasions is, you know, San Diego chargers or excuse me, Los Angeles chargers <laughs> head coach. They went for it all the time on fourth down to their detriment. Doesn't seem like Texas Tech's coach is doing that. Now, college is a lot different than pro football. I get it. But if they believe, and he's got those guys believing, I mean, that can be a good thing. And I think it is a good thing. But you got to know the pulse of your team. It seems like he does. Well, here we are. We're in week two of Big 12 play for Kansas State. And by the way, both teams go out on the road again next week with Kansas State going to Iowa State. And boy, Texas Tech has to go to Oklahoma State. So this is not an easy back-to-back couple weeks for the Red Raiders. 
But this conference is relentless. I think Tech was picked for finishing ninth in the preseason poll. KU was picked for 10th. They're both 1-0 in the conference. They're both dangerous teams. No weeks off in the Big 12. It is relentless. And I'm looking at Tech's schedule, and I think, wow, that's that's really brutal. Then I realize, well, that's what everyone else has to face, too. You know, it's, it's unbelievable how good this conference is from top to bottom. You know, the thing that everybody talks about with SEC football is, oh, how great it is. And they won all these national championships. Well, if you really think about it, as of right now, there, I mean, it's Alabama and Georgia and, you know, you can throw Tennessee in and LSU was good a few years back. But it is extremely top heavy, extremely top heavy. And there are some games that you can go and win. There, there are weeks off within that conference. There are zero weeks off in the Big 12. Zero. And it, with Kansas playing as well as they have, you could say, well, once they get in the conference play, it'll change. Well, maybe. Maybe it will. They said the same thing. TCU's not going to be any good. Texas Tech's not going to be any good. Well, they're proving it otherwise. And when we get in the conference, okay, because clearly some teams are going to lose some games, but that doesn't mean that they're not any good. There are zero weeks off in the Big 12. And for me, and Annette, maybe I'm a homer, I think it's the best conference top to bottom. Just because there's 10 teams, it just makes it tough every single week. And I'll stand on it, and I'll argue with anybody. Top 10 teams in every conference, the Big 12 is better than all of them. Yep, I agree. And in fact, I reflect back on that Missouri game, and I say this with confidence, and I don't mean this as trash talking. Missouri would finish dead last in the Big 12 by oh, far, geez. by far, by far, not even close. Yep. He's Brian Hanley. We will reconvene in theory after the K-State <laughs> victory or game against K-State. I just gave him the win. We will reconvene after the K-State game with Texas Tech. There we go. I don't think technology is going to get the best of us because it's the home game. So, Brian, I will talk to you probably Saturday night, brother, so we can get that out of the way. I hope we have good things to talk about. That'll work. Absolutely. Let's listen to Chris Kleiman real quick. Talk about the performance last week at OU and looking ahead to the Red Raiders. And then we bring in Ryan Gilbert, our gambling expert. If he wants to call himself that, we'll let him. As the Go Powercat Powercat pregame podcast continues, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Here's Chris Kleiman. Great game bar, guys, on Saturday. Phenomenal effort. Great poise. Uh, we didn't panic. We started fast like we needed to. They came back like I knew they would, and we found a way to continue to keep answering the bell when it got close and never got behind. I think that was really important with the crowd the way it was and us not losing the lead, continuing to stay a step ahead and, and getting an extra possession and getting a field goal before half or a big kick return and getting another score um, when, it was, when we were losing the momentum. And then uh, second half, putting a couple of big drives together, as well as the defense. Even though we didn't play exceptionally well on defense, we played well at critical times and against one of the best offenses in college football to force a couple of punts in our territory, which really changed, I think, some of the momentum that they had. And then we were able to continue to keep that two-score lead till the very end. So proud of the guys. Uh, we talked about it yesterday as really 12 one-week seasons in college football. And that's what it is, guys. It uh, doesn't matter if it's what league it's in, what conference it's in. Uh, anybody can beat anybody. So you better prepare, better have great uh, preparation, focus, 
And uh, this week, it's no different with Texas Tech. So it'll be an exciting week for us at home on Ag Day here at K-State. Excited about uh, uh, our agriculture background and uh, being an ag school and being a land-grant uh, university. It's uh, going to be a special day here at the Bill. When you go back and look at the film of what Texas Tech did to Texas, how impressive was it? Very impressive. Um, got down and uh, um, sign of a really good football team, uh, guys that believe, and, and I know they're really well coached. Um, so when they were down and found the resolve to continue to fight and stay in it till the bitter end and then uh, um, find a way to win it in overtime, and it was a huge win for, uh, for Joey and his, uh, you know, got a signature win right away. And now we bring in our own Ryan Gills Gilbert to talk about the betting lines and everything going on in the gambling world around the Big 12 this weekend. Gills, we got a full slate. We got five games. It's everyone's going. It's here. Full on conference play. Are you excited? I'm excited. You excited? Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to win my money, or I guess lose my money as it's been the last couple of weeks. But yeah. I'm excited. It's been a tough start. It's been I I didn't fare so well. I won the first game last week. I picked and then went in the pooper. Is that a word? Pooper. That's when you quit while you're ahead. Come on. Yeah, the the bets were placed, and and I'm getting ready to do it here in a little bit now for. Clarity's sake, we're recording this on Tuesday night. These are the lines as of Tuesday night from Caesars Sports Book, which has an affiliation with CBS Sports and 24-7 Sports. So that's what we use for this segment. Make sure you check the lines before you make your decision. And let's jump right in with the team Kansas State just beat. Oklahoma goes to TCU, and Oklahoma's a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, an amazing over under total of 68.5. What do you think of this game? Well, in college, six and a half really is not a whole lot of points. And watching that Oklahoma team on Saturday against Kansas State, that's a pretty good team. Obviously, K State, you know, beat them and honestly beat them thoroughly. But that Oklahoma team shot themselves in the foot. It's hard to imagine the Sooners playing that poorly again this season. And, and like I mentioned, six and a half is, is not that many points. Um, this line has uh, moved a little bit, but I like Oklahoma. I, I'm not sold on TCU. Haven't been all year. I, I like this as a good, you know, bounce back spot for Oklahoma after shredding loss. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. TCU just beat SMU. It was a nice win in a rivalry game for him, but I'm still not convinced TCU's all there. I'm, TCU might be, on one of the bottom rungs of the Big 12 ladder come season's end. I would take Oklahoma also. Okay. Find out this Saturday. You got it. West Virginia wanders into Texas. West Virginia is a 10-point dog on the road. We don't – we can't figure West Virginia out. I, West Virginia can't figure West Virginia out. Are they good? Are they awful? What are they doing here? And who cares about Texas? But do you think Texas wins by more than 10 points in Austin against the Mountaineers? It's interesting. You look at uh, the whole conference, and this game has the the largest point spread, which is, I think it's kind of fascinating when you look at, I mean, a KU-Iowa State game or the K-State game, the OU game, uh, you would you would figure those games would be expected to be, I guess, with a higher point spread, but this is it at 10 points. We talked briefly about West Virginia on, on our questions podcast this week about the gauntlet they've gone through. Uh, through four games and you can take that for what it's worth. I think most people realize that Texas clearly isn't as good as 
as perceived to be heading into the season. Uh, I, I think 10 points is a lot. I hate to keep using that. You know, like I said, with Oklahoma, but that's a lot of points you're giving up um, to bet on Texas. And, and I, I don't think West Virginia is a great team. I don't think Texas is a good a team. Either. So 10 points is a lot. I'd lean West Virginia here. Interesting. 62 is the over under thoughts on that. That does, I guess, play into Texas's favor just because higher scoring games, if it's a lower scoring game, by 10, that ain't good. No. You've got a lot of scenarios where you're not covering, but 62 points, that does help out Texas when looking at uh, Fred. But as for that actual number to, uh, I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot of points. Yep. I'm sure it's going to be a high scoring game, but 62 is a lot. I am not deciding right now what I'm going to do there because that, that's a weird line. I can't get that line. How about this line? Iowa State's a three-point favorite at Kansas. The unbeaten Jayhawks get their second Big 12 test. Over-under is 57.5. I, I have no grasp on this game. In fact, I would bet the over. That's what I'm going to do on my picks probably is pick the over because KU's scoring 45 points a game. They'll, they'll be in the 30s. I, I see this game going over 58 points, but what do you think of the spread of minus three Iowa State? I genuinely don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I really I don't. I, I can't figure these teams out. IKU is they're, they're going to come back down to earth at some point. There's no doubt in my mind that Kansas is not going to play this good all season long. They're going to get figured out. And I think Lance Leipold's a good coach. I'm not trying to you know knock him or knock Jalen Daniels. He's a good quarterback as well. But, you know, at some point, this is KU football, a team that won, what, three games last year. Uh, at some point, this is all going to come crashing down on them. Is it this week against Iowa State? I don't know. But, I mean, boy, heading into the year, if you were to tell me that Iowa State was only favored by three, I would bet my life savings on them to cover against KU. But, honestly, Fitz, KU's looked like the better team mm-hmm. um, through four games for both those teams. I still am so skeptical to place money on KU. I really don't know what to think of this three points. I mean, you're basically picking the winner at that point. So I I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. If you're going to pick KU or Iowa State, you might as well go the money line because I mean, maybe, maybe it'll be decided by one or two points, but I doubt it. Okay. Replay of the big 12 championship game from last season. Oklahoma state goes to Baylor. Baylor's a two and a half point favorite at home over under 56.5 thoughts. Uh, You can look at, it, what these teams have done, Oklahoma State really hasn't been tested, and I know you don't really think too highly of Arizona State, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Right. And they only beat them by a couple touchdowns. So Oklahoma State hasn't proven much. Give them credit; they haven't lost a game, but they haven't really proven much. And I think the same thing, honestly, with Baylor. You know, what are we to expect from them? A loss to BYU, a win on the road at Iowa State. You know, which Baylor team are you going to get? I don't think I have enough of a sample size. Um, to confidently feel, uh, you know, confident one way or another. I don't know how you feel, um, but I, I just I can't get my uh, my thoughts together on this. Yeah, one. I'm I'm making the ferocious bear hand signal right now. Baylor wins this by ten points. Wow! There, I said it. Second biggest spread of the weekend is the game we will be covering. Texas Tech coming off a win over Texas comes into Manhattan. K-State coming off a win over Oklahoma. K-State is an eight-point favorite at home over under 57.5. I wouldn't touch that because I don't know if it'll be low or high scoring. 
but I would take K-State on eight, even though it's, you know, more than a touchdown. I think K-State will win this by double digits. Yep, I agree 100%. And if K-State plays anything similar to what it had on Saturday, they're covering, they're winning by double digits, and this game probably ends up being a blowout. But, I mean, Fitz, you know, they, they, they flipped the switch so quickly. Who's to say that the switch doesn't get flipped back to – that conservative play calling, the conservative decisions from Adrian Martinez. I think that obviously there's a good chance K-State keeps riding this momentum. You know, the press conferences today, there was just a good relaxed energy that they're pretty comfortable with where they are now. Uh, but, I mean, you know, like we saw at Nebraska, it just takes one or two plays to to really flip a game and get a, a team and a specific player, Adrian Martinez's confidence down. I, I don't see that happening, but it certainly could. And I don't think we should – put a ton of stock into one game against Oklahoma. That shows you what the ceiling can be for Kansas state. 100%. I think you still need to watch a couple more games before you're fully confident on this team, having a realistic shot to, to make a run at the big 12 title. But as I just said, all that, I think K state's a a very safe pick here. Uh, I don't, I'm not really impressed with Texas tech's win over Texas because like I said earlier, Longhorns overrated. I'm a little skeptical with K-State, but at the end of the day, I mean, eight points, give me the Cats over the uh, over the Red Raiders. You are in charge Saturday of making sure nobody flips that switch back. Okay. That's your whole so job on Saturday. Box, be in the locker room. No flipping, switching, switch flipping, whatever. You're in charge of that. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. I'll try Gilbert. my best, Fitz. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan Gilbert. Much appreciated. Let's hope we have better weeks this week. My bank account and marriage would appreciate that. Let's move on to the conclusion of this episode of the Powercat pregame show sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. And I will give you my one thing to watch in this game. And it's something that Texas failed at miserably against the Red Raiders last week in losing in overtime in Lubbock. Got to keep an eye on the ball. If you're a defender for Kansas State, don't get fooled and tricked by the many ball fakes of quarterback Donovan Smith. He will hand it to a runner. No, he won't. He'll keep it and run it himself, or he'll throw it. It is really hard to track where the ball is in this confusing Joey McGuire offense for the Red Raiders. But if you don't fall for the tricks, you might end up with some picks and some tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Well, that rhyme will end this episode of the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. And of course, at Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships, selling quality cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. Cats, Red Raiders, 11 a.m. at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's streaming on ESPN Plus, Big 12 Now. This is Go Powercat publisher Tim Fitzgerald. I will see you at the Bill. Thank you for listening to the Powercat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Powercat.com.